So we have these two days together starting now. All your motivations, intentions, plans, excitements, trepidations, ideas of what may or may not happen have all landed together in this place of beginning now. You know, some of you have been planning this for perhaps a few months or longer, some a few weeks, some may have just decided this week or I don't know if there's anybody who decided today. But really it's all converging at this point to beginning. We have entered into the retreat space, into our two days together to explore the art, the art and the technique of meditation practice, of insight meditation practice. I was rather amused as I walked past the dining room today where the blackboard is that welcomes you, the chalkboard, and it says, Welcome to Simplicity and Depth. I rather like that. It's the subtitle of this retreat. This will be an insight meditation retreat, but it's subtitled Simplicity and Depth. Two key themes and uh, aspects that are very important to us. But in being welcomed to simplicity and depth, is that what you were welcomed into? Has it happened? Have you arrived? Has the practice fulfilled its fruits already? And in a way we could say that practice, meditation, practice, wisdom, traditions are pointing to this relationship between simplicity and depth, between coming into relationship with ourself, with our life, with our meditation. The relationship between the simplicity of that, the incredible daring simplicity we could say, the relationship of that to what it means to touch back into the depths of our being, to be able to come home, to rest in our deepest nature. So what are your motivations for coming. Perhaps the title had nothing to do with it. Perhaps you came for curiosity, for practice. Perhaps it's an ongoing part of your exploration of deepening in practices of awareness, of insight. Perhaps you just needed to stop. You know, sometimes there can be so much momentum in our lives and things can be moving here and there. Sometimes we sense or intuit that need to really stop, to really land, to either take stock or to see things in a new way or just to catch up with ourselves. Perhaps it's a time of transition for you, you know, between one part of your life and the next, we could say. Perhaps there's many, many motivations. Perhaps there's a yearning for simplicity. At my flat the other day, a friend came round and she said, what's the theme of the retreat this weekend? I said, simplicity and depth. She said, oh, I crave simplicity. She said, I crave simplicity. Perhaps it's that, that recognition that we have that there's something for us to really learn in that willingness or daringness to be that simple. 
One great meditation teacher from India, uh, Munindraji, he said, I practice meditation so that I can see the purple flowers in the hedgerows that I otherwise might miss. So he could see the purple flowers in the hedgerows that he otherwise might miss. And we might think, no, no, I've come, you know, to free the mind, to be free from the forces that I see blowing me here and there, the habits of mind, the patterns of mind, where I don't feel able always to just settle and stop and land where I am and touch into my depth. And perhaps these two aren't unrelated. that wish to see the purple flowers in the hedgerow may not be unrelated from that wish, that um, very natural aspiration to be free from forces of confusion, of negativity, of grasping. And in fact, practice points to this. that possibility of knowing the mind free from those confusing habitual patterns and knowing what is pointed to as the boundless nature of mind when we're not caught up in enacting the patterns and the habits in those moments what are we in touch with and again it's pointed out in the traditions to this aspect of mind that isn't limited that isn't bound that isn't confined. And many of the traditions point to point us back to understanding, to seeing, to resting in this aspect of being, this boundless nature of mind. And we could say, well, why then do we need to practice? Why then do we need to come and sit and be in silence and walk and really explore simplifying? And the reason is because we don't always see these patterns, these habits, these places we get caught. So one aspect of practice is simplifying in such a way that we see the way the mind works. We see it, we come into relationship with it just as it is. We get to see what it does not through identifying with it, but through stepping back and seeing it clearly in perhaps a new way. (coughs) These patterns, these habits, we could say, obscure our true nature. When we're caught up in these habits and patterns, we don't see that we have this vast, unlimited capacity of mind, a very simple nature, at heart, which is free of that bondage. Someone once asked Michelangelo, how would you go about carving an elephant? And he said, well, I'd take the wood or the stone, take the stone, and I'd take away everything that wasn't the elephant. 
I'd take away everything that wasn't the elephant. Shedding, we could say, pointing to our practice, shedding what's not true, shedding what's not necessary, shedding what isn't the elephant, shedding what isn't our deepest nature, but coming into an intimacy of connection with the mind, daring to step up close to face that mind, so that we can see what it means to step out of all that isn't true, to release that, to let it be, to be seen and to move on and to reveal what is left. So when I reflected on what my friend was saying when she said, ah, there was a kind of a, a visceral sense as she said it, ah, I crave simplicity. That perhaps she was craving that knowing of not being bound up. Uh, simplicity is very attractive to us when we feel very caught, when we feel the complexity, when we feel entangled or in a momentum where everything seems to be gathering more speed and complication. There's a way that we can sense in, even with the body, the body, mind and heart, Ah, crave simplicity, or what, what is that? What is that simplicity that is possible for us? And the reason that we may crave it, or intuit it, or, or know it, perhaps we know it, perhaps it's already a very important aspect of our life, that we know that because it is an aspect of our nature. It isn't something we have to create, we don't create the elephant. We shed what isn't true, and come to rest back in that simplicity. There's a way that we can be very caught caught up in doing, and it's even given a lot of the emphasis in our culture. You know, a book came out a few years ago that I heard about. It was entitled 500 Ways to Do More in a Day. 500 Ways to Do More in a Day. And the title even kind of can make us nervous. Of course, this isn't a practice about not being effective or efficient or in the world. But it is a practice that lets us see where the suffering can be bound up in doing. Where our identity, the sense of ourself or our value or our worth, is can be very much bound in the doing, the achieving, the producing, the results, the the moving. So we could say this weekend is, we don't quite have 500 ways, but let's say you know, 100 ways to do less in a day. The practices, techniques, forms, skillful means we use to let ourselves free up from the tendency of having to do to make this happen. It's like we can even come to a retreat and think, okay, now I'm going to do simplicity. I'm going to do that. Right, that's my task. It's the title, it's the theme. Right. But what we can see and what you probably know from experience of having lived the number of years that we have, we can't do simplicity. It's not something we can achieve. 
It's not something we can even, in a way we can't even work towards it. On one level we can, but we can't aim and say, okay, by Sunday four o'clock when the retreat ends, you know, then. We can't put it at some far off distant horizon. It's only a quality that is ever available to us in this moment. We can't kind of get it all together so that we can be simple, construct it all so we can be simple. It's only available to us when we're here, when we show up in this moment, when we're present. It's an aspect of presence. Simplicity is just a very natural aspect of being here. And you probably all know very well the quality of simplicity that can be there sometimes for us when we're just here. When we're not trying to make something else happen, when we're not skipping over this moment, but something about resting back and settling into here, to this body, this mind, this moment, this retreat, these people, this guy house, these grounds, this sky, this evening. And we can breathe out. Maybe listen to the birds. Feel our bottom on the cushion or the bench or the chair. To be able to breathe out, to land into this moment. It's a gift of simplicity to ourselves, but not something we can achieve. Only something that we have some degree of choice about when we're here. It's hard to be simple when our mind is caught in the day that's happened just at work. You know, when we're lost in that, or what we're going to do once the retreat finishes, only something available to us here. And this is what practice trains us to be sensitive to. The, all the training is to point us back to here, point us back to this moment. The simplicity of this moment as the doorway, the only available doorway to our depth. Or expressed in another way that the simplicity is the mother of depth. Depth is the daughter of simplicity. And on the one hand we may yearn for it or love that. And sometimes we also have an ambivalent relationship to simplicity. We don't always trust it. We don't always trust it. And sometimes for good reason, because we can confuse it with being simplistic. You know, the kind of, oh, don't worry, be happy, everything will be all right. Or when the simplisticness is used to gloss over, where there may be real depths of suffering, of grief, of lamentation, of sorrow, of despair, of confusion and simplistic that doesn't meet that, that doesn't know how to hold that, that glosses over, that can only have lightness or ease if we're ignoring the difficult, 
this is not simplicity this is limitation that the true simplicity has enough room for everything enough room for us just as we are right now just as we've shown up to this retreat which may be well, not well happy, sad confused, excited the whole range with a whole range of possibilities simplicity can meet that can hold that, make room for that here for these two days we will simplify and I apologise in advance for the number of times I may use the word simplicity but can you be simple with that and just aha this is, this is the theme, this is what's being pointed to we'll simplify, everything here is very simple, the practice is very simple insight meditation is sometimes called in dharma circles the no frills meditation there are no frills here no exciting esoteric little trills and twists that will entertain us it's very simple just points us back to connecting with this and we use skillful techniques of coming back to breathing coming back to body coming back to sensation coming back to how this present moment is showing up right now the surroundings are pretty simple there's not so much going on here most entertainment that you have at the front are some plants some stationary forms occasionally an animated one at the front not so much on the walls here and we won't be showing any interesting films for you about how to become simple this outer simplicity is really in the service it's not making a virtue out of it but it's in the service again in all the traditions of the men and women such as ourselves who've come to practice have found that simplifying externally is a real support to dropping in settling in to resting in there's a story of a great Sufi master and many students came to practice and live with her and as in many traditions she was a great uh, encourager of simplicity and renunciation this renunciation expressed sometimes as this uh, external letting go of complexity of things having things of doing without the unnecessary and the students noticed that even though she taught this every Saturday she went to the market and spent all day amongst the stores and the things of all the different uh, wonders that you could buy at the market and she came back to her monastery every night smiling from ear to ear having spent all day at the market this seemed strange to the students and one of them plucked up the courage to ask her they said, Master, you always teach the importance of simplicity 
in possessions and activities. And yet we see you spend all day, every Saturday at the market, and we don't understand. She said, it's very simple. I go down to the market every Saturday because it gives me such joy to see all the things I am happy without. It gives me such joy to see all the things I am happy without. And again, this isn't a rejection of the things of this world. It's the coming into relationship with them where we're not putting pressure on them to deliver the results that we seek. Because we've dropped in to see that they can't do that. Whatever it is we have, it can't do that for us. It's not in the nature of things to show up with that kind of delivery. But that satisfaction, that true rest, the end of that searching and craving, is that coming back to our nature, to our depth. And this is what teachings and practices point to. So how would it be these days, two days, to give yourself the luxury to not have to do anything? Yes, we practice. We turn up. There is a kind of a rigorous form here. We show up to sitting meditation with a very rigorous schedule you may have seen, although for those of you who've practiced elsewhere, you'll see that this is a very gentle start, 6.30 in the morning, which is not so rigorous. But we have a, a rigorous schedule of sitting and walking, practice. But how would it be to give yourself the luxury within that to do nothing, to not try to achieve results, but to remember that it's pointing back to coming back to this. Somewhere in the building, I don't know where it is anymore, there is a picture up, A4 size, you may see it at some point, and it says in big, kind of italic script, things to do today. You know, the things to do today list that some of you may be familiar with from our lives, that, that list of, okay, all those things I have to do. And this particular list has written on it inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. All the way down the list. Things to do today, to breathe. To breathe and know you're breathing. Connect with the breathing. How does it sound to you? What does the prospect sound like to give yourself that luxury? Mixed, <laughs> delightful, terrifying, and of course we don't always manage that. What what we see is that the mind moves. You know, we see that as we come to practice, and that's okay. But there's a training part to the practice where we do come back to reconnect with breathing. It's part of the training. to give ourselves that luxury, not as a penance or a, or somehow cutting yourself off from the rich and the nourishing and the beautiful and the lovely, but in the recognition that, yeah, I want to see another way of doing things. I want to see what's possible, what is even more possible for those of us who have been in touch with teachings before, whether we're a beginner or the middle or the end if there's such a thing, 
with our practice that actually simplicity is always the mother of depth. It's not that we start with simplicity and then we graduate onto something else. Simplicity is both part of the path and also the fruit of the path. So giving ourselves that luxury, that permission to see how very much our self can be bound in the doing. To give ourselves to this moment, this present moment, give ourselves back to ourselves or to give ourselves back to this life by being here, by showing up. It requires us to let go of what has come before, what has already happened. doesn't mean thoughts won't come, memories won't come, ideas won't come, but it asks us to make a, a kind of a clear boundary as we enter the retreat to release what has come before, to tie up any loose ends, to finish our business tonight, if you have to make any phone calls, or haven't finished off some important thing that needs attending to, to finish that tonight, so that you can turn your mobile phone off and be here in the outer simplicity that supports the inner simplicity. One of the things that the Buddha talked about when he was beginning the meditation instructions, he said, um, when you go to practice, he says, go to an empty hut or the root of a tree. And you might look around you and say, this doesn't look like an empty hut. And there's 40, 45 people here. But in a way, what he's pointing to is a place for us that is empty not necessarily physically empty, but a place for us that isn't kind of full of the things that pull us and push us, that draw us in, that expel us. You haven't got all your, you know, we haven't asked you to bring your computers and your to-do lists and your projects and your autobiographies and your novels and your business plans and your... In a way, entering into a room full of those, it is possible to practice, but this makes it easier for us. A room that is relatively empty for us of those things that we can be very much pulled into. So this is our empty hut, the root of our tree, the simplicity of that. We're also asked to draw a kind of a wise boundary as we begin the retreat a wise boundary to say, okay, I'm here. This is what I'm giving myself to this weekend. It's it's part of the beauty of simplicity is to know clearly where we are. Sometimes there's so many options available to us. You know, what we may have done this weekend, we could have gone here or there or done this or that or the other thing. And it can have the effect of feeling that we're skating on the surface and never quite landing if we haven't quite settled on one thing. And then we do find that one thing we're settling on 
we can't be there either because we're kind of skating around the surface on that because we're always looking to land somewhere better to land somewhere where I can rest and it's not here so it must be somewhere else recently I um, read one of those greetings cards that they're serving these days at the shop, greetings card shop where they have a picture of a famous person with a famous quote that they, they have said and this one had a big strapping picture of Steve McQueen astride a motorbike black and white picture maybe from the 50s and underneath it had written a quote from Steve McQueen which was, he said there it goes Racing, as you probably know, he was a big racing fan. Racing is life. Everything before and after is just waiting. Everything before and after is just waiting. And in a way, sometimes we can be like that. We can have these either peak things that we do or we enjoy or we want, we would like to find. And everything else is a filler for getting that, for having that. In a way, what a tragedy that our life gets narrowed down to specific events or places which actually fast diminish as our criteria for them change. And practice is about waking up to the possibility that our life, the vitality of it, the aliveness, the juice, the richness, the beauty and the depth are available to us here and now. So as we begin tonight, really giving yourself the chance to stop to let go of what has come before, making the clear intention to arrive here, to unpack your bags, to maybe take some time after the talk has ended to really feel yourself at home here. You're very, very welcome here, just as you are, just as you find yourself to be right now. Maybe take some time to walk around the grounds, to feel yourself on this land, and this place, it's part of arriving, part of settling into simplicity is to really arrive where we are. And that has a very physical correlation to it. Even though meditation practice can seem that it's all about our mind, our mind is not separate from our physicality. So walking around a little bit, feeling ourselves, feeling our footsteps on the earth here. If you have come with any agendas for this weekend, to very gently leave them in the suitcase also. Sometimes people think, ah, oh, great, you know, a weekend at Guy House, a good chance to finish that sweater I've been knitting for 15 years or, you know, a good chance to uh, write my book or whatever it may be. 
real strong encouragement to leave them in the suitcase, to explore what it means to really be here without anything, I could say. Without the familiar, without the usual ways that we're doing. Again, not negating those whatsoever, but for something new to show up for us to be able to see in a new way, in a way we have to let go of something. And that outer letting go supports the inner journey. If you've come with any inner projects, then we very often have important things for us to look into, for us to explore. We may have particular issues or concerns or um, things that we're working with or decisions that we have to make. Hold those really lightly. So as we enter into this first night and tomorrow's day of practice, not to be um, using this as a time for bringing those in during the formal sitting and walking period, in a way to let them go for now. And things may bubble up on their own, but not needing to have to fix those tomorrow, to have to sort those out. Because it may arise, if those things are important, they may arise of their own something important for us to see will arise. But again, for something new to be seen, for not moving around the the same circuits with the questions and issues we have, in a way we need to train to just drop a little bit deeper. And that's where the practice can really serve us in the trust that the wisdom can come, that can see a little bit more clearly. We have a very particular feature here of silence. Again, something that really supports that return to our being. So we know ourselves not just as human doings, but very much as our human being. We may be very familiar with the world of doing. And how much emphasis do we give, how much time do we give to the world of being? So the silence can really support, really support that. And on a practical level, that means you won't be speaking with one another. So, um, particularly for friends or partners that are here together, to really allow each other to have that solitude while you're here. To really give each other that gift. And again, it doesn't mean a rejection of the world of words. It's a very powerful world, is the world of words. But to give ourselves a break from it can also be uh, important for us and can reveal again something else because very often we know ourselves through our speaking especially in relationships you know we know what we say and how we do it and how different things happen in that world of words what is it to know ourselves not defined in that way through how we speak but again to drop that world 
give ourselves the chance to come into perhaps something that is a little quieter. And the silence really supports that. And giving your roommate that permission too. It can be a little awkward at first if we're new here. We're sharing a room with someone and we don't speak to them. It's a very peculiar practice that we have here. So if you haven't already said hello to your roommate, please feel free to do that tonight when we end. We don't have to pretend the other one isn't there. That's not what we're doing at all. But once you've said hello and you've agreed on opening the window or shutting the window, then leave it at that. But it is possible to have a relationship in the silence which can be quite interesting, which can really just allow us to connect in a different way. It may be for the other one that they just really want to um, not engage with eye contact or in any way whatsoever. They're free to do that. But again, there isn't a hard and fast um, rule about that. The hard and fast rule is about the silence, really giving each other that that non-communicative space and allowing that for the other. So the prospect of simplicity and how is the prospect of silence? Looking at the forms, it seems like for many of you this is new. There's a very good number of you here who are quite new to practice. So firstly to know you're not alone in that. And also to know that entering into silence can feel a little daunting for some of us to begin with. Most people find it uh, a blessing once we enter in. Again, it's not the silence that confines us or is asking us to shut down or be limited. It's the silence where we deepen the sensitivity to um, we deepen a sensitivity to the vastness, actually, the vastness of the silence. We deepen a sensitivity to ourselves. We can really breathe out into the silence, breathe in, be nourished by the silence. Maybe if I just stop talking for a moment, let your ears tune in to the silence. And that the silence that we'll be tuning into doesn't mean, again, that there aren't sounds. Of course there are sounds. Practice isn't about entering a silence that rejects the world of sounds. But it's to know the world of silence, so that as the sounds come and go during our days here, they're not something that has to necessarily pull us and push us. You know, that we like this sound and we want to keep it, we hate that one and we're pushing it away. That there is the freedom of, as we enter more deeply into the silence, that that reactivity can start to soften, can start to settle, can start to be not the only relationship we have with things, of either wanting them or pushing them away or ignoring them. So tuning into the silence, there's a beautiful teaching in the Tibetan tradition where it's asking us to tune in 
to that which perhaps doesn't make the loudest noise, like our minds sometimes make a loud noise, right? They're chattering here and there and they're telling us to do this and not do that. And one aspect of our practice is seeing that clearly. Another aspect is as we let go more and more of that, tuning in to that which doesn't make the loudest noise. And the teaching goes like this, it says, Beneath the pauper's house there are many treasures. Beneath the pauper's house there are many treasures. But the pauper never listens, and the treasures never say, I am here. The pauper never listens, and the treasures never say, I am here. The treasures of our being don't shout so loudly to us. They aren't the thing on the advertising hoarding that's grabbing our attention. It takes a a practice, a training we could say, or sometimes an accident, a blessed accident at times, where we can touch into that and know that directly for ourselves. please take on the silence wholeheartedly and take on the precepts which I think were mentioned by Melanie at the beginning again the precepts in our practice are also a way to simplify we could say turning the mind tuning the heart in the direction of non-harming of not taking life of not taking what's not offered not um, taking things that aren't ours it's a, it's a real it's a kind of an offering to each other that we can all breathe out you know, we don't have to be looking over our shoulders to see who's stealing our mobile phone that we've hidden in the bottom of our suitcase so we're not tempted over the weekend the precept of not engaging in sexual intentional sexual activity while we're here Again, a simplification in the recognition that 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 energy can be very powerful for us. And just to say, not now. Again, not a rejection, but a skillful turning of the mind so that we can give ourselves to this, to this one thing that we have to do here this weekend, which is show up. And when we're not showing up, that's okay to recognize that and come back, begin again. The precept of um, not using speech harmfully, just speaking what's true. And the precept of not taking any alcohol or things that cloud the mind, things that intoxicate the mind. Again, all in the service of being able to um, gather the mind, actually. We're not pulled and pushed by the forces of mind, but just very simply gather the mind in a kind of harmonious relationship with where we are, with each other. So please take those on. Um, If they're new for you, just take them on as an experiment. If they're familiar to you, take them on and let that practice really uh, bear fruit, the practice of presence. See what happens 
when we tune the mind in that way. Before we shift gears a little bit, just a few words of what meditation is not before we talk about what meditation is, what practice is. Meditation is not about fixing our personality. It's not about becoming someone better, becoming someone else. It's not about curing or organizing my neuroses. Not about getting somewhere else or achieving something else. Or becoming someone else. I, I remember I used to really want to be someone else. You know, there was one teacher that I really admired when I first came to practice and I thought, I want to be like her. You know, I don't, it's not going to happen here. This possibility of that's talked about in the teachings of really understanding the freedom of, of seeing where we cling, seeing where we hold and letting go. I want to be like that. That's what I should be. It's not about becoming someone else. It's about tuning back into this and understanding this and knowing what the freedom is here and now with this one. That puts a lot less pressure on us really a great gift. Meditation is not those things of becoming something else somewhere else. It is actually an art of not clinging. It's the art of not clinging to anything in this world. And in that, in that understanding the mind of non-clinging, the relationship that we can have with the things of this world frees up. You know, when we're not clinging onto this bell, you know, when we're holding this bell, the bell, is a, the bell is a metaphor for anything, inner or outer. When we're clinging on, it can't ring, it can't express its nature, it can't be the bell. But in coming into relationship with it, of not clinging, with an open palm where it's received. So this practice of letting go, of not clinging, is not about dropping this world. It's not about giving up this world. But it is about unhooking. May our retreat together be for the deepest welfare of each and every one of us in this hall and for the welfare of all beings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.